the work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down! Hello everybody, welcome to the first Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem of the new year and i am here with my friend scott hi hello hello <laughs> you are scott you you are a man of many hats as it relates even to this podcast specifically you have been a faithful helen wolf who writes in postsundayblues.gmail.com and also you have been an interviewer and an interviewee before mm-hmm. but there is one thing that you had not yet done for Liberty Collingswood, and that is preach here. Yep, so my you first did. time preaching. I also need to confess, I did not write in a question this week uh, for myself. I oh, that would have been that would have been so meta. <laughs> I thought about it, but I was like, eh, I don't. I know what I would have asked myself. Like, why were you so like meh? Or no, no. I, I, I mean, it. You you could have just given a lot of compliments. Yeah. <laughs> Best sermon ever. You changed the world. Exactly. Yeah, but the ser- the sermon was great. So I was on Thank my you. Christmas vacation when you preached on January 1st this past Sunday. But it was a pleasure to go back and listen to it and will be a pleasure to talk to you about it as well. As we call it Stormy Monday here, Scott, the first sermon, at Le- you've, you've done plenty of teaching in various mm-hmm. contexts, contexts here, but first sermon, just to ask how did how'd it feel to you? So it was, it was pretty good. I think <clears throat> I probably hear to my voice a little bit. I was, uh, I, I got sick last week. My family decided to give me a cold right before my first time preaching. Um, so, you know, like I had a lozenge in my mouth, uh, during the first part of the sermon, which I realized was a big mistake. Oh, did you really? I yeah. Did, I didn't notice on the, uh, on the I, live feed. I realized like, I was like, Oh no, this is like not good. And so like, I just had to power through <laughs> And then I didn't realize how hot it was going to be up there. And like, I, like there was a bead of sweat dripping. And I was just like, I don't like, how, how do I casually wipe the sweat away from my face? Um, <laughs> Never let him see you sweat. Yeah. But no, it was, it was great. It was fun uh, prepping the sermon. It was great preaching. Um, I got a lot of positive feedback from other people. So yeah. it, was, it was good. What, uh, did you get negative feedback? Uh, I mean, other than my uh, son crying in during it, uh, you know, that was the only negative feedback. Make I it got. stop! Why yeah. is Daddy still talking? And, and there, well, there's one negative comment, but I'm going to save it for um, the uh, guitar, some pickings, and uh, yeah. Okay, I'm in, I'm intrigued. Talon Wolves keep listening, and so the, this was your first sermon. You're a natural at it. You, you, in addition to. The quality of the content, as far as demeanor and delivery, Scott, you're an easy guy to listen to. So it's great to hear. You, you looked like a natural. Were, were you nervous going in, or uh, just kind of? I was nervous. So I was nervous when Eric was introduced, like doing the announcements and yeah. introducing me. That's when I felt like the most nervous. And then once I got up there, I was fine. Um, and then there were a couple times. So I, I do like manuscript whenever I've done like speaking yeah. engagements before. And there were a couple times where I lost myself in the manuscript, oh, no. uh, but I was able to like quickly recover and find myself. So, and I'd read through it enough times that I kind of like knew the beats I want to hit, but there were certain things I wanted to make sure I said 
correctly and like how I exactly wrote it. So yeah. like sometimes finding those lines were like, oh no, where's it on the page? Right. But other than that, yeah, it was just once I got up there, I was like, okay, let's go. Totally natural. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. well, I, I was I not expecting all the blank face. Like it is a little unnerving. Like what is the audience, like not audience, but what's the congregation thinking? Like they're yeah. just kind of like staring at me and there are a couple of people where I was like, are they enjoying? Like they're, <laughs> like they're kind of giving a weird look. And then those people like, complimented me afterwards right. like okay you were just thinking but yeah. your thinking face was like uh hmm you know yeah you've you've heard me and emily you've heard me grouse to emily about how, how we're not a super like feedback heavy in real time yeah. congregation when it, when it comes to preaching yeah and like a couple of jokes i threw in i was like did people laugh did they not laugh and a couple people told me they appreciated one of my jokes but so i i, I chuckled multiple times okay. but for the for the youtube feed of the sermon we don't have a room mic, so yeah. it's actually uh, Helen Wolves. You should know, especially if you watch sermons here from long distance, that there's always much more laughter in the room <laughs> than, <laughs> than comes across on on the live feed, in, including including this past Sunday. So you preached from Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen. Yes, the well, the shortest verse probably preached at liberty i think i think it's true the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the the holy spirit be with you all still calling it stormy monday you were not fitting into a sermon series Mm -hmm. so what was some of the backstory of all the things in the bible you could have preached on it was this one yeah so this is this is one of those uh, moments where i got lost a little bit and i kind of want to hit on this point a little bit more but um this sermon was really born out of the pandemic, and I actually wrote a thousand-word draft of it, so to speak, uh, oh, really? during the pandemic. So it was one of those, huh. just watching the sermons online and just watching, you know, Jim's face online, <laughs> day in and day in. Nothing wrong with Jim's face, but, like, <laughs> it gets hard when you're sitting there in your living room. Like, there's so many distractions that I really just didn't. I wasn't appreciating the liturgical rhythms that we've yeah. been going through. And so there was one day, again, it's pandemic, weren't working, I had nothing else to do. So <clears throat> I just got on my computer and thought about this benediction and I wrote like this little again, like thousand words. It wasn't too too long, just yeah. a little, like a little bit about like what I felt each of these meant. Right. And I thought if I ever were to preach like a one-off sermon or something like that, I'd probably take that and expand, especially here at Liberty, um, where, and maybe I'm the only one, but, you know, I hope that if there's anyone else um, at Liberty that does feel like this, like, you know, the benediction is just like, okay, great, lunchtime's here. Yeah. Like, hey, let's let's think a little bit more about what this passage means instead of like, okay, well, this this means the end of the service. So yeah. that's kind of where it came from. Huh, that's really interesting. I don't think I knew that part of the backstory about how this uh, sermon was sitting in your back pocket for so long from, yeah. a, from a pandemic musing, but that's really great. And as I think about it, Scott, Sermon feedback is always tricky for me as far as, like, I don't get a whole lot of it. So, so, so it, it, it does feel like in space and in preaching, no one can hear you scream or right. this sort of thing. But one of the best feedback or most positive feedback that I've gotten from a sermon series here at Liberty Collingswood was, I think, back in 2018... I did a sermon series on different parts of the worship service. I think I remember that one. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one was about call to worship. One was about communion. One was about confession. I forget if there was one about benediction, but 
the feedback that I got was, hey, it's great to have some sermons about what we do every week because it does so easily become rote. Even though with our liturgists, they do a great job. Oh, yeah, yeah. This this is not like a shade on the liturgists right, or anything. Yeah, like, and, and as I mentioned, even like, you know, usually by the end of the service is when like my son is like really tired and he's ramping up. Like, yep. And so like then I'm really not paying attention when I'm like yeah. dealing with a screaming baby. But, you right. know, so I was like, you know, I, I can't be the only one. So it's got, you know, that's that's work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even as fresh as we try to keep things, it is a lot of the same stuff every week. Mm -hmm. And you impact something that people can probably memorize, probably already do have memorized. Anybody at church can give the benediction (laughs) because we we say it so often. That sounds great, man. Let's go to Sun Studios, Presence of the Lord, the category that you yourself, Scott, may have named. Maybe. what, I'm not confirmed nor denied. What, what was the previous name? I forget. So, so first it was the BB King James version, and right. then it was oh, that was the best. I, I like that one. <laughs> I, I thought you should have kept that one. And then it was I met her at church. Oh right. Which I like. I wasn't. I was like okay, but and then I, I think I was going through like all my music, and I was like, there's got like I gotta have something, and I right. was like. Eric Clapton is blues. Yeah, like, yeah. And and then I was looking through his track lists. Right. And I was like, eh, they're close enough. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I think it's more explanatory than Presence of the Lord and, and less creepy than <laughs> I met her in church. But, you know, sometimes uh, I was going to make a joke about being creepy. I am not. Instead, no creepiness factor here. First Corinthians 13, 14. Did, this is one of those passages that, like, I don't know, did did you do a ton of commentary work on it? Or is it's a pretty straightforward as far as interpreting what the verse means? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty straightforward. I do have a couple commentaries at home. So, like, okay. and I have the, the quotes here from the commentaries. I, I'm, like, a quote fiend. So, like, yeah. I, I pull, like, five pages of quotes for something and then use, like, three of them. Yeah. But, like, and so, like, I got a whole bunch of quotes from different commentaries. But, yeah, it was a pretty straightforward passage. You yeah. know, nothing too... Like, you know, there's nothing I really had to wrestle. The only thing I guess I I did have to is uh, one commentary uh, said, and it's my first one here. It says, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit seems to mean the sense of unity within the church with the Holy Spirit bestows. And as I was working on this in my like application section, I only had like the vertical. And then I saw that and I was like, okay, so unity within the church. I was like, well, one commentary said it. And then, like, two or three other commentaries mentioning Unity Church, and I was like, okay, well, if they're all mentioning it, I guess, like, I probably yeah. should do something on the unity of the church. And so there was a little bit of, like, okay, well, now i got to think about, like, the unity of the church. But yeah. that was probably, like, the hardest part is just, like, okay, now i got to think about this, like, other – like, the horizontal unity and right. fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Interesting. That I – Hadn't really thought about it until some of the commentaries, but yeah. mostly like the quotes I pulled were from other books that I had read that either referenced, you know, the Jesus's grace, God's love, or the Holy Spirit, yeah. it's fellowship, or um, just you know something else that even like I looked at a lot of uh, indexes to see if this verse was like brought up, yeah. and any indexes verses brought up, I like pull the quote whether okay. it was going to work or not just to have it. Gotcha. So, so you looked at commentaries and also some systematic theologies? Systematic theologies, um, books on the Trinity itself, and then like I quoted A.W. Pink's, um, I have his gleanings in the Godhead, which is his attributes of God plus his attributes of Jesus. Okay. Um, and then, you know, J.I. Packer's Knowing God, 
uh, that sort of thing too. Yeah, yeah. Well, Scott, you should know that we're not in a yeah, no, no. cover tune section yet. <laughs> but I, I don't I'm know what's going on here. Kind of, it wasn't just the semantic <laughs> theologies. It was a, a breadth of, of things. Right. One, one question that I wanted to ask, so <laughs> as it relates to text criticism, yes. <laughs> which everybody loves in text I, criticism. I, I love it, actually. The, it's the, so great. So text criticism, Helen Wolves, <laughs> is figuring out what was in the original manuscript for any given book of the Bible, mm-hmm. basically. So, uh, Scott, I think it was last month where you – or at least November, where you asked a text-critical question about the end of the Gospel of Mark yep. and then and then John 8. As I understand it with 2 Corinthians, this is one of the most kind of wacky letters of Paul when it comes to text criticism. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, text criticism with the Pauline letters is pretty stable, where there's a really high degree of confidence that what we have in our English Bible, that in our English Bibles comes from the Greek that we feel confident that Paul actually wrote. Uh, but Second Corinthians kind of tilts a little bit in the other way when there are different theories about is this the complete letter originally? Are things rearranged? Was there another letter to the Corinthians? Right, and yeah. so between that and the fact that in the New Testament, when you get to Trinitarian theology, that's often a place where text critics will say, was this in the original or were manuscript copyists later on, uh, did they kind of clean up the Trinitarian theology to fit the the doctrine that had developed by that point? So, yeah. do you know anything one way or another about text criticism as it relates to this first? Yeah, so, so two things, and one of these, and neither of these I, I followed too long because they were either going to be rabbit trails or I just knew that it wasn't going to be worth my time. Yeah. Um, and so one of them, in, in John Calvin's Institutes, it references this as 2 Corinthians 13.20. Oh, and, interesting. And part of that, I think, is because it was our modern... For, for your for all of you church history aficionados, there we go. Uh, it was Stephanus in 1555 who mm. gave us our verses that we have now, which I have right. some trivia about that. Okay, um, very good. And so I'm wondering if that's because when he wrote, he was writing in a in a pre-Stephanus time. Right. Uh, did, have you heard the the myth of or the legend of how Stephanus chose where the verses were? No. So it was Stephanus was apparently riding his horse as he uh-huh. was doing it right. with his Greek manuscript. And every time, like, he got bumped, he would, like, mark the page, and that's just where the verses are. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, the, that's great. the legend comes because, you know, some, some verses are, like, a whole. It's a little wonky. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so that's sort of the legend surrounding mm-hmm. that. Right. Um, and then the other one, and I, I do have this quote here. Um, it, one, per, one commentator said, a full triadic benediction found nowhere else in Paul's letters and the reason, and all the, the other commentaries and other things talked about the Trinity, but this said triadic, which I found kind of like, why wouldn't you use Trinity? Yeah. But this commentary came, and this is something, uh, rabbit hole, we don't have time to go to, came from definitely a uh, commentary that is very much in the like full modernist camp instead okay. of like the fundamentalist camp, yep. the modern version of the, the modernist camp. Yeah. And so there's part of me that's like, well, that's that's not something to really go too far in because, you know, I, I, am not a modernist in terms of of those sort of issues. Um, so those were the only two things that I really saw, but nothing else of this passage. Okay. So interesting. And it is the, 
Scott, you and I have talked before in various contexts about how the doctrine of the Trinity is not stated as such in the New Testament, mm-hmm. but it appears organically. And this is one of those passages where Paul was not, as far as we can guess with his intentions, he didn't say, I am going to end this letter to the Corinthians with the Trinity. Right. As much as it just flowed out. We have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, one theologian I listened to, I forgot who, basically said like the Trinity was assumed by all the New Testament writers yeah. as they're writing. So they didn't have to define it because they just assumed it's true. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever wondered why, and maybe this is because Paul hadn't, read all of the systematic theologies to come that he starts with Jesus instead of the father. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, maybe just the whole, like the whole, uh, he's talking about grace a lot. Yeah. Um, and I mean the grace in, in, in a church with all these problems, like a reminder of grace might be a yeah. good starting point. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, it is kind of like weird. Like I almost was like, do I follow this or do I go like the God, Jesus, Holy Spirit that all the systematics do? Yeah, yeah. My, and who knows for sure, but <clears throat> if, if the totality of God's revelation and redemption to us comes to us from the Godhead through Jesus, there is a sense in which Jesus is first mm-hmm. as far as the economy of, of salvation but who knows for sure right right yeah so you have the grace of the lord jesus love of god fellowship of the holy spirit those were your three big points of the sermon yeah and and it was great like i mentioned the fact that the sermon the verse itself already created my three uh points so i didn't have to do any work like with that (laughs) which sometimes with preachers they agonize on like landing on the structure yeah of of the sermon i had no (laughs) issues with that i was like okay well boom right Yeah, so grace, love, and fellowship. The, let's go backwards. So is, okay. I didn't go back and check the Greek. I imagine that the word for fellowship is koinonia here. Is that? I'm I'm not sure. I didn't do much of like the Greek study or anything like that myself. I'll I'll check that. Keep so keep talking. Um, so so fellowship because they word, also use communion as well in some right. translations. So I want to be surprised. I'll check that, but tell me a little bit more about that horizontal, vertical aspect of fellowship. And so before I get into that, a little bit I wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit more than the other two, just because I feel like the Holy Spirit, and I'm not the first one to think this, but the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit often gets left out in like discussions and thoughts. And, you know, a lot of people know about God. A lot of people know about Jesus Christ, but the Holy Spirit's kind of like, oh, he's, he's there, but like, yeah. don't know much about him. Um, Especially in the Reformed tradition, un- yeah. unfortunately. There, there are other Christian traditions within Protestantism and otherwise where there is more emphasis on the Holy Spirit, helpfully. Yes, yeah. So that's where I really wanted to focus on that. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, with, with the, the vertical, you know, I thought that was a fairly easy thing to do. You know, that was the call you know the call to repentance and faith in mm-hmm. jesus and that's yeah. the moment where i was like okay you know if you're not a follower come to him if you are a follower you know renew your faith yeah lean into him more yeah. with the horizontal and I'll, I'll save part of this for um for uh the guitar some pickings um and it, it 
you know, I, I wanted to focus on, I think we've been doing this Represence Initiative and this third way walk and world yeah. view, uh, TM. I appreciated um, the shout out. And so I really wanted to Keep focus those royalty on... checks coming in. Oh yeah, of course, got to. <laughs> um, so I really wanted to focus on that part and, and really just kind of, hey, you know, we're a divided nation, we're a divided people, but... Uh, you know, when I look at, uh, you know, my brother or sister who I might disagree with on a number of political, social, economic issues, yeah. uh, what binds us together is just so much more. And I think that uh, the illustration I used of, of Paul uh, being greeted by the cheers and applause. Yeah, of, that was uh, great. The saints um, right. who he killed. Like, I just can't imagine. Like, this, the man, like, systematically and, like, with no remorse, like, killed these people and yet they're like cheering for him because, you know, they have a brother yep. who's going to be worshiping with them. It's like, you know, you know, someone cuts me off and I'm just like, I wouldn't be cheering for you. You're him. dead to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let alone like a guy who killed me, you know. Yeah. So, you know, if if I might disagree with you on like a social issue, that's way less than like, hey, you murdered my family. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, perspective. Yeah, always right. helpful. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, so I love that horizontal, the which, which is not obvious at first glance from the, which is less obvious at first glance from the verse itself mm-hmm. and the word fellowship. But I think it's there. And then you also brought in the context of the messiness of the Corinthian church. Yeah, I mean that, they were a, they were a hot mess. I right. Mean. Yeah, and, and and so fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And a church that was deeply disunified makes all the difference in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Let's go back. Love of God, grace of the Lord Jesus. I appreciated with the love of God how you brought in adoption as mm-hmm. as a key facet of the love of God. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, something Beck and I have talked about doing in the future. And so mm-hmm. it's something that we both have a heart for. And you know, we have, there's one friend uh, group that I was thinking about where they have two biological and two adopted. And the, the story of of them getting their two um, adopted children is, is a wild roller coaster of a story. Okay. Um, uh, but, you know, when they, you know, they would talk about their youngest and their youngest when uh, she was like a, a baby was uh, a, a hellion would get into the milk, would get into the flour, would climb everything. Right. And just, I remember one day she's like, my other three children didn't do this, like, but my youngest does. And there was just no differentiation for her. So yeah. I was definitely thinking about that family, like right. when I was writing that section. Um, and specifically like that conversation when she was like, you know, they had just adopted this baby from from overseas too. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, no, my, my other three children, you know. And yeah. so the fact that, That's you beautiful. know, we're, we're adopted by God and, you know, God does, you know, and, you know, we might get upset at our children, but we're not like, I don't love you anymore. Right. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's very, very uh, assuring and, yeah. and hopeful um, that no matter what I do, you know, it's going to be like, hey, yeah, God loves you. Yeah. And I think it's also helpful because culturally speaking, as we'll use the word love, it can mean a lot of different things to, yes. to a lot of different people in a lot of different contexts. And even for one person, we'll use love in a lot of different ways. But tying love specifically in with adoption concretizes the love of God for us so that it's not just some fluffy, warm feeling. But as we receive Jesus, 
we're adopted into God's family as an act of divine love towards mm-hmm. us, and that means something very, very tangible. Yeah, not just not not just warm fuzzies. Right, and and that's why I brought in like the Hall of Faith and like, hey, like all these people have like red in their ledger. Yeah, um, like no no one's got a clean slate, and yet like yep. they're brothers and sisters. Yeah, too. so you know, yeah. It's, package deal and finally grace of the lord jesus christ yeah you you hit it hard as you should have yeah and i think i mean i think it's very easy to get into a workspace grace i Mm -hmm. mean i even have those moments and i'm sure you do as well where it's like okay well if i just do this like i know i'm gonna get god's favor or like something bad happens to you and i'll think back like well i sinned that one time and this is god's punishment for that one sin i just did and right no, that's not how grace works. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a sinner. I hated God. Um, and every time I sin, I'm saying to the cross, like, you don't matter. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And yet, so like, Jesus still, like, you know, loves us. Even, you know, uh, I, I think uh, was in The Passion of the Christ, there was the, <coughs> the scene where Mel Gibson, like, nails his like Mel Gibson's hands actually the one nailing the cross and but oh, really? see, yeah I, don't know. It, uh, I, I guess I've never seen the movie but yeah it's it's okay yeah um and uh I think we sing it in one of our songs that you know it was like it was my sin that held you there like it was my sin that held him there yeah how deep the father's love for us right and, and yeah. just like hey you know that that's yeah and, and my sin you know to to think about the weight of my sin and the the deepness of my sin and yet he's still took on that full wrath and you know we'll never understand what you know my god my god why have you forsaken me like we'll never understand what that means yeah like that's uh and for like little me like i have no reason to be like chosen you know yeah and yet here i am yep and we never outgrow grace with with younger preachers sometimes i'll i'll either look at a draft beforehand or give feedback afterwards and say hey you talked a lot about some really great God stuff and Bible stuff, but I didn't hear grace and Jesus in this sermon. So I, I did not have to give that so feedback that, to you. That one was, I saw a Charles Spurgeon quote once where he said, uh, uh, it was like, no Christ in your sermon, sir. Uh, go, go home uh, until you have something worth preaching about. And I was Seriously? like, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like if you're not preaching Christ and him crucified. Like what, what are, are we like, doing? You're doing a, you're giving a nice pep talk, you know, at that point. Yeah. Do if there's no grace, do brunch. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> let's eat, drink mimosas and omelets for tomorrow we die. Yeah. Scott, let's muddy some waters unless okay. you have anything else with... Uh... No, I, I think that's it. Okay. Running waters. Well, I, I appreciated sort of as a structuring device in your sermon. And again, this is good sermonic rhetoric where you seed something at the beginning of the sermon mm-hmm. and then return to it afterwards. Yeah, and the... people go... <gasps> He returned to that afterwards. Right, yeah. Going the, the full circle. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, and this was uh, some feedback from you, so I can't take all the credit oh. uh, on well. this one with the, the, the FCF. Uh, the Fallen Condition Focus. Yes, yes, the Fallen Condition Focus. So, yeah. The, the, well, if you're from Del- Delco, it's Focus. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Scott is not a Delco man. No, no. So, He's South Philly. Uh, so I started, I, I the... We want a happy ending was always at the beginning of it. The yep. thing that I added uh, was realizing that hey, I'm preaching on a uh, 
you know, New Year New Year's Day, and so right. you know, I'm I'm starting to see, uh, and I've been seeing them for the last couple of days, all the new New Year, new me on Facebook and Reddit and all that stuff, yeah. and it's like blah 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 blah. Well, and, and I thought like, okay, well, if we want a happy ending, you know, there's it's not a new New Year, new me for a lot of people. You know, I have some people I know who over the holidays had very traumatic health issues that they're still recovering from. Yeah right now and it's just like they don't have a new year new me they have like a old year trying to recover and live seriously you yeah. know and, and some of these like issues were life-threatening for them mm-hmm. um and so you know that was kind of like a hey you know we're not going to get a new year new me but one day we're going to have a new heaven a new earth and so you know we're yeah. going to Eventually, we will get our happy ending, even if it doesn't show up today. Yeah, and and what is a benediction if not a happy ending as well? Exactly. Was back back when you pre-wrote the sermon during pandemic? Was Roman Holiday in the first version? Uh, so it was not. I was trying to think of movies with either that had endings that were good and realistic, mm-hmm. and but not happy. And uh, Roman Holiday kind of popped into my brain as I was going through the Roller yeah. Dixie movies in my, yeah. in my head. Have you have you seen it? You know, this is the second old movie that I've been asked about today, and I have I have I have not seen it. But so earlier I met with Eric Mitchell, and he said that he watched It's a Wonderful Life over Christmas with his family, and like I've never seen that. I I, I haven't watched that many black and white movies. So I it, so or is this I, black and white actually? It, yeah, it's black and white. Okay. So actually my. Uh, my best friend, um, he actually remembers the high school history teacher's name, uh, high, not history, high school teacher's name that taught a film classics class. Oh. And I took it my freshman year. And most of the movies we watched were black and white. And right. from that and from my mom, uh, I got a love of old movies. And so oh. some of my favorite movies are black and white, or at okay. least like pre-1980 movies. Gotcha. Um, I mean, I, I like modern movies and things yeah. like that. But I mean, 70s were also a great decade. Yes, yeah, like 70s, but like 40s, 50s, 60s, like mm-hmm. I love. Like the, the, that's okay. my jam uh, there with, with I, movies. That's that's awesome. I did watch Citizen Kane for the first time. Uh, <laughs> it's a good month. one. It's yeah. boring, <clears throat> but it's a great movie. Yeah, I hear you. So happy endings. Uh, that's what God gives us. And, and yeah, to me, that was what you were engaging in a bottom line way about how we access this passage and how we think about God's grace for us and where, where it's going. And one of the things that I appreciated to Scott was that remarking that we as human beings and as Christians desire things to go well for us, that we want the happy endings, but so often they just don't happen. That's something that speaks both to Christians and to non-Christians and everything in between. So, mm-hmm. so, so you found commonality uh, the struggle of a fallen world not giving us happy endings. Uh, in particular, towards the end of the sermon, too, I appreciated how you engaged skeptics mm-hmm. and raised the question, if not Jesus, then what happy ending are you able to count on in your life? Right. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and, and I see this a lot like, you know, I have, I have friends and family members who are, are, are secular. And, you know, when when they have a friend or family who, who passes and they say like, he's in a better place now. And you know, I don't, obviously I don't correct them because they're in a place of grieving, but it's sure. like, well, but if this is the material, you know, if all there is is the material world, you know, they're just, they, they, they were stardust and now they're stardust again. And like, that's what, where is their better place? You yeah. know, they just cease to exist. And, and 
That's it's almost a, a very nihilistic worldview. You know? Yeah, if if you're willing to be consistent. And, yeah, yeah. And, if you're willing to be consistent and really look at it, but it, I think that's absolutely true. And let's hear for a moment, Scott, talk about all of those political theorists, environmental scientists, and economic gurus that are proclaiming to us right now that the world is going in a very happy direction. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that this is going to be great if you just give it a little more time. Right. No, it's, it's the opposite. Yeah. Where <laughs> it seems like things are not going to end well, apart from the grace of God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, that, that's sort of where we're at. And I listen to that and, you know, or, or I listen to, uh, uh, I've listened to something with Neil deGrasse Tyson talked about, you know, he, he I think he holds to like the we're in a simulation uh, oh, idea, huh. or at least he likes it. I don't know okay. if he actually holds to it or if he likes it, but okay. I was thinking that it's like, if we're in a simulation, then we're all just ones and zeros. Then like, you know, when we look at, uh, you know, well, recently, like Daryl Brooks, the guy who like drove through the Wisconsin parade, mm -hmm. it's like, well, all he did was just erase. He was a one or a zero that erased other ones and zeros. Like, yeah. why are we so like shocked and appalled at the tragedy that, you know, that was if it's yeah. just ones and zeros? Like, yeah. And I, and again, the we allow that our secular friends and neighbors are most of them better than those than the logical conclusions of such principles oh, yes, and, yeah. and we're grateful for that but at the same time no I, those I, are some pretty unavoidable <laughs> logical conclusions oh, I, i'm very thankful that there's not many consistent uh people you yeah. know but but yeah it's like well but this is what it means and like how do we rectify this yeah i think that's a fundamental question that human beings need to need to wrestle with I, i'm preaching next at liberty two sundays from now and i'm going to talk for a second about that about that too, how mm -hmm. secularity spent so much time having like a two two story building where on the bottom story, it's just like meaninglessness, survival of the fittest, genetic determinism slash randomness. But then on t the second story is like a deep virtue of selflessness. Yeah. But how, how does like the beauty of selflessness and altruism and being for others because it's good and right and noble fit on top of this first Right story, and yeah. it, it's a lot of people work very hard in secular thought to try to bridge those two things, but mm -hmm. it's at the end of the day, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, even there's like uh, not to go down this rabbit hole too much, but uh, was it Peter Singer who's the philosopher? Mm -hmm. uh, even him, I, I was reading one thing on him that says like even he doesn't believe like the actual things he like espouses. Like, right. you know, he he Princeton philosopher. Yeah, he espouses he. He is consistent when he talks, but he, he does not live out that consistency. He actually adamantly lives against that, like uh, his own philosophy, which I find interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but if, but Jesus gives gives us the ending that we would hope for. Anything else muddying the waters before we... So You, you did have a couple of cover tunes that yes, we could get to so as well. So one thing that was like, and not difficult, but um, so I'm reading a book called uh, Counterfeit Gods by uh, some pastor in New York, uh, tri Trim, Trim Yeller, uh, it might be his name, something like that. Uh, uh, I, I may have heard of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so Tim Keller uh, has this book, uh, Counterfeit Gods, which it's a pretty good book. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, and it was really hard 
not to turn this into like an idolatry sermon. Right. Like I was like, I, I was feeling myself like I typed on a computer, but I was feeling like my hand, like trying to like not type out about idolatry. Like right. as I'm reading this book about idolatry. Yeah. Um, especially when I'm like, New Year, New Me is an idol. And I was like, no, like that's going to go down a rabbit trail I don't have time or energy for. Yeah, that's, that's funny. The, the, the pull of Slimmy Eller yeah. once again. You know, yeah, just hearing that, I think that could have worked. But for the sake of concision, you either would have had to gone with like the happy, the happy ending through line or just throw that out the window and talk. And talk idolatry. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and I wanted to stick with the Trinitarian yep. passage and yeah. the economic Trinity, but I was just like, okay, like save it, save it for another sermon. Like, yeah, yeah, and and that is a primary challenge of preachers that don't have a ton of reps, where it's just hard. It's it, it's easier for me to edit, and and even just because I'm a regular, like I'm mm-hmm. the primary Sunday to Sunday, or not the exclusive, but. I preach here more for better or for yeah. worse than anybody else, but uh, I it's easier for me to edit something because it's like ah oh, I I preach a lot here I I can get back to that, but for somebody that doesn't, it's a little more right. Yeah, I know. think one time on here you were talking about at the at the beginning of the week you're like what am I gonna say, and at the end of the week you have like I have too much to say. Right, like, I definitely had like that moment where it's just like oh crap, like I need to like cut down <laughs> on this. That's a, which, which is a better sinking feeling than uh, beginning of the week, proverbially, when it's like, I got nothing. <laughs> I have nothing to say. I, I, I do wonder sometimes, will I ever, and that's never actually happened to me when I've gotten to the end of a sermon prep week with nothing to say or something that I'm not excited about. But I wonder like, is, is that when I know that I'm done? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, guys, we, we had a good run. Yeah, <laughs> like, it just got... Clearly, clearly my fight is over. My race is done. Right. Like... Yeah. Check, please. So, bar band cover tunes. Yes, there were a lot. Yes. So... Do you want I... to start with highbrow or lowbrow? Or... Uh, let, let's start with highbrow. Okay. <laughs> and then, then we can get to, to, some, to some of the others. So, I... I, I I was running earlier today, so I wasn't taking notes mm-hmm. when I listened to your sermon. But let me let me see. We had Derek Thomas. That was that was divine intervention. Okay, tell so me. So that one, I was listening. So I, I asked uh, Legionnaire Ministries. Uh, I'm, sus- I'm subscribed to their channel on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I was just scrolling through YouTube um, one day as I was thinking about the sermon, and Derek Thomas had a three minute uh, video. And it was called "What Is a Benediction?" And I'm just like Boom. jackpot. I was like, <laughs> "Thank you." God. Like, like it's, it's like God knew I was writing the sermon, and so huh. I was just like, click, and like was typing out the entire time he was talking. That's uh, awesome. So that that, that Did he was. Did address you by name? During yeah, the, uh... I thought he might say like, <laughs> "And Scott, if there's anything else you need, give me a call." Right. Oh, that's hilarious. That and not specifically that with Derek Thomas, but. It, one of the things that I'm grateful for in week in and week out preaching is how often there's something that comes across my desk or feed or that, like, I needed this this week for this sermon. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, because the Holy Spirit shows up that, there. The, the section of what is a benediction hadn't been written yet, and then I came across that video, and I was like, and done. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a great quote. So, yeah, it's great. So we had Derek Thomas... John Bunyan. Yes, yes. Which, and then the lowbrow Paul Bunyan joke. I, I appreciated uh, that. Did, in there. Did, did that get chuckles in the room? 
I think it did. It was hard to hear the chuckles. So part of my sickness is that, that's some my congestion. Problem. I have hearing everybody. Yeah, and, so and with the congestion, my ears are kind of jokes. blocked. So like, a, I couldn't hear anyone, and then B, like I couldn't hear anything uh, anyway. And so I was just you like, really were in a sensory deprivation. Tank of, <laughs> yes, it a was. hot sensory deprivation. Tank. It, it was. It was rough. It was rough. But yeah. Yes. We so. all have our crosses to bear. Yep. So John Bunyan and Paul, his uh, his brother. Yep. Yeah. So so I appreciated that. And then you had some Bavink, you had yep. some J.I. Packer, yeah, a lot of Bible references. Yeah, like click on any of those that you'd want to tell us a little more about. Yeah, um, I love Packers. To know God's love is heaven on earth. Yeah. Like, that, that's a great one. Uh, Bavink is just Bavink, you know, like <laughs> what, what else can be said about yeah. him? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I loved his, like, as I saw that um, quote, and I think... I don't remember. I think I had when I read this and when I did my like little mini version of this, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely thought like when I read that quote, like if I ever were to expand this, like I'm pulling out that quote and yeah. right when I right when I said I'd preach and I, I chose this one, the first book I got was this wonderful works of God and, and found yeah. that quote. Um, uh, why don't you read the quote to us again? Yeah, so um, through the spirit we have fellowship with the Father and the Son. It is in the spirit that God himself through Christ dwells in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I I have a Calvin quote here, but I didn't use it. And after that, I talked about prayer and our prayer being Trinitarian. And I got that from Calvin. Mm -hmm. Um, Calvin has a whole section on the, in the institutes about how our prayer is Trinitarian. And like, it was one of those where it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But then I thought about it more and it's like, whoa, you know, what what does that actually mean? Um, so, like, I, I definitely borrowed from Calvin there, but, yeah. like, I didn't quote him. Yeah. And my quote's more on uh, that specific passage that yeah. I, I had from him. Um, and so, you know, just knowing that, like, hey, God's in our prayer life, too. Yep. You know, it's not just, like, us being alone sort of thing. Totally. And for, for people that worship at Liberty Collingswood, a little peek behind the scenes is that in our liturgy, liturgist orientation document that, that I put together and... So Yvonne is our liturgy team leader right now. She does a great job with it. One of the things that we coach all of our liturgists is that for the prayer of invocation at the beginning of the service, we say that it must be, and some, not everybody, including myself, nails it to the same, to the same degree every week, but our aim is that it be a Trinitarian prayer mm-hmm. always to begin the service. And more often than not, when we onboard new liturgists, they'll come back and say, what do you mean by a Trinitarian prayer mm-hmm. or, or sermon? So it, it's fun to be able to coach our men and women up a little bit and say, well, Trinitarian prayer means you just kind of talk about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and, and address the prayer to all three persons in some way that, that highlights the work of each. And for the Howlin' Wolves out there, if you want to get better at your Trinitarian prayers, a good book. It's called Prone to Wander. Oh, um, so it's a it's a book of it's a book of confessions and mm-hmm. words of assurance. And basically, the the, the genesis of this book was um, it was the pastor's wife and the worship leader, or someone in the the uh, um, staff of the church, ended up writing this book because they're called to confessions were so dry that hmm. they just needed something better. Right. And then they wrote a whole bunch of them. They're like, we could put this in a book. So oh, nice. it's a call to confession is what it starts. And they, they 
outline like you know what is like you know idolatry is this today and tomorrow's this and that yep. kind of thing and then you actually uh before like the the what the prayer that you give is actually trinitarian prayer so you pray uh to god then you pray to jesus then you pray to the holy spirit and so mm-hmm. each uh, day is a different, each paragraph is a prayer to each oh, member nice. of the Trinity. So huh. after I read that book for like a little while afterwards, I tried to be Trinitarian in my prayer and just so, sort of practice that after I was reading the book. Yeah. So good book for those who might want to try that. Awesome. Good recommendation. And also I really enjoyed the Ortland quote at the yeah. very end. Or I've read that book twice. I, I cannot like stop listening to this podcast, buy the book and then finish the podcast. Gentle like, and lowly. I, I haven't read it myself. It's, it's a beautiful book. I hmm. cannot, the words cannot describe how great that book is. I've, yeah. I've read through it twice in two years now mm-hmm. and it's, it's great. The, so. the, the one sentence from the quote, and it was a little bit of a longer quote. It, it, it was. The, the, the sentence that stood out to me, I think came in the middle where he writes of Jesus, let him love you. Yeah. It's a great So, line. uh, Right here, uh, let me find, um, let's see. Yeah, it's a, a, kind of at the beginning, actually. Go to him. All that means is open yourself up to him. Let him love you. The Christian life boils down to two steps. One, go to Jesus. Two, see step one. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on from there. Right, but, right. Yeah, which is easier said than done. Yeah. Well, and even like his anguish is your home. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, he's got so many great, like, and each chapter is like, 15 pages that he packs in like you know uh he he talks about like when you feel like you're empty like from god's grace like god just pours more grace upon you Mm. like it's just and he says it better than i just did right there yeah you know it's it's every every line in that book is just like mm. gold yeah yeah italian kiss there you go yeah so as far (laughs) as bible references or the higher brow anything else you want to highlight uh i had some aw pink i didn't bit in there but i put like a a sort of basic quote from him Mm -hmm. i think with the bible verses um i quoted from romans and there are a couple times that i uh made allusions to romans Mm -hmm. and and i think the the hebrews i mentioned the 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 fact that we have a cloud of witnesses who aren't which is a quote from chapter 12 right but then talked about chapter 11 um I think like Ephesians one, like that's such a beautiful Trinitarian, yep. and the fact that's one long run-on sentence to yep. me is just like yep. great. Yep. Um, you know, and, and I, I did challenge the audience, and, and I'll challenge you guys again to like go and like really read and, and, and sit on that passage for a long time. Yeah. Um, and like on Reddit, when like I do see like the I don't know if God loves me because like I misspoke during a prayer, I, I'll comment and I'll say like read those verses those hmm. what like 11 verses yeah. i was like spend a month just right. reading and rereading those 11 verses hmm. like and don't stop reading those 11 verses like yeah it's just so such a beautiful passage um it really is the the romans 8 38 39 where you know neither heights nor depths nor yeah, anything in the universe is soars yeah like yeah such a great like way to mm-hmm. just like say like hey no like uh, you're you are saved like nothing in this world is gonna stop god from loving you yeah good stuff and then shifting towards low lower brow i i enjoyed the sly office reference so uh, that was a last minute addition that morning and i wasn't sure whether i should add it or not and then there was there were a couple of new couples at church Mm -hmm. and one of one of the new couples came up to me at the end of the service and the guy was like, was that an office reference you did? And I was like, it was. And he's like, I told, like, I went over to my office, like, that was an office reference. And I was like, 
Glad I threw it in there. Give us that reference one more time. So uh, I, I mentioned how, uh, you know, in Genesis 3.15, uh, we have God telling the snake that you will, uh, there will be enmity between you and the seed of the uh, woman and you will crush or you will uh, strike his a heel and he will strike your head. Yep. And uh, in the office, there's a scene where uh, episode, it's actually my favorite episode. I think it's the gateway episode into yep. the show where uh, Michael Scott burns his foot on a Foreman mm-hmm. grill. And then uh, Dwight gets a concussion and uh, you know, they're at the hospital and Michael asks the doctor, uh, doctor, which is worse, a head injury or a foot injury? <laughs> and so right. many uh, Christian meme pages have put that quote and it was like, it'll say like uh, the serpent after God told him uh, Genesis 315. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, I loved it. Yeah, so, so I appreciated that you had movie, you had uh, Roman holiday, which is, I mean, that's not lowbrow. That's, I, that's I would say Roman holiday is. Yeah. And to be, to be fair, just this, I enjoy the ending. I think that is the best the best yeah. ending they could have done. They actually taught, they actually had written a different ending where they got together, but they didn't oh, film it. Where like you hear her shoes cl- like clattering down the hallway oh. as he, she's like running back to him. But right. like she's a princess. Like that would yep. never actually like happen. So yeah. I, I do like the movie. I like the ending. I said it sucks, but that was more for the uh, the, necess- the necessity of getting my story. I've been there. So, yeah, were, were, were there any other pop culture-y sort of things? Um, no, I don't think Lord of the Rings, I mentioned oh, that yeah. one, yep. uh, with, with uh, you know, him having the seven endings and the, the burning of the Shire. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So, so the seven, seven endings joke I thought was funny. And you had mentioned to me in December about how – the Shire is leveled. Right. The end of well, and, and I got, mark. I did get a text from one person, uh, some, some negative feedback saying, oh, here we uh, go. you, you, you warned me for a 70 year old movie, but you didn't put a spoiler warning for a book I didn't read. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> like, I, I was mean, like, that, that, uh, Mia Koopa. Like, Mike, yeah. I'll, I'll take the L on that one. But is, is it like the very, very end of the, yeah, it's book? like after they destroy the ring and they go back to the Shire. Okay. Uh, they see the, like, Saruman's in the Shire, like, actively destroying it when they get back. Uh, and they kind of, like, it's like this really, like, sad. It doesn't make epilogue. sense to me at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. And huh. there we go. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we should say spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> for, a, for a 70, 80 year old book. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, love it. Okay. Scott, let's wrap up with some guitar slim pickings and such. So one negative feedback I got from my wife. Oh yes, was my subtitle. Oh, and how she did not. I was going to give her my subtitle to put in the worship folder. Yeah, and she threatened to change. Scott's wife Becca is our <laughs> admin and does our worship folders. Does a great job. She does a great job, but she had threatened to change my title to either Benny and the Benedictions. <laughs> Or the beauty, beauty and the benediction. Oh, uh, I, I like both of those. I, I I did too, but that was her threat. If I sent her my uh, subtitle, so yes. I'm a, uh, a historian of, of 17th and 18th century uh, America, and at the time you didn't have uh, you know the jacket cover or the back of the book to give a right yeah <laughs> summary, and so these people would have these long, long summaries. And I remember 
I was uh, doing research on this guy, Hugh Williamson, and one of his books, his subtitle was a book in it of itself. <laughs> like it was just on right. and on and on. And so I decided to do that Please. for this paper. So here we go. <clears throat> the beauty of the benediction or, and they always do the or for the subtitle. Right. Or an exposition of 2 Corinthians 13, 14, in which the Trinitarian harmony and atonement is examined, whereby the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bring about the salvation of God's people and sustains them until their death and the second coming. Also being generally called the economic <laughs> trinity or the pactum salutis, also known as the covenant of redemption. Woo! So wow. that got cut, uh, much to my chagrin. Ah. Um, I had originally had a section on defining the trinity, cut it out, but then re-added it uh, based on some feedback that you gave. Yep. I also had a uh, two sections I cut. One, when I talked about the um, unity of the church, I had originally written a, another paragraph where I talked about unity amongst doctrinal issues. Okay. Uh, but I felt like that's not really an issue with liberty, where like doc, and maybe yeah. it is, but but no, I see what you mean. I, I don't yeah. really see much like you know debate happening among the congregates on. Calvinism versus Arminianism or baptism yeah. or millennium, you know, yep. I, I know all, all those evergreen. Yeah. Sorts and of... I know there are people in our church who have differing views on yeah. those things, but that's not like a, like we'll have beers and talk about it, but we're never like fighting. So I was like, eh, that's yeah. not like a, it's not a vision I see. Like, right. That's something I can keep for like a church that like, maybe like if I ever preach the sermon again at like a different church, that yeah. I know is having some doctrinal issues. Right. I'll, I'll, yeah. Do those primary versus secondary. A, um, a word things. in season. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I cut out was um, one thing, uh, and this was uh, Bavink who, who made me think about this, is how connected our theology and doctrine should be, and yet we often compartmentalize them. And I, I realize for sake of explaining things, we have to compartmentalize prayer and millennium and baptism and yeah. ecclesiology, which is uh, you know doctrine of the church. But how he really interweaves all these. And he's like, no, these are all interconnected doctrines. And so yeah. I had a section about the interconnectedness of the doctrines. And what I was going to tie that into is like, we have usually we have a doctrine of the Trinity and we have a doctrine of salvation. But we don't, do we ever think about how those two are connected or we have yeah. a doctrine of justification and sanctification but do we see those as two sides of the same coin do we yeah. see how those are trinitarian or not but it just it wasn't really fitting in and yeah. it was taking up too much time and yeah. space so ended up cutting out that section i enjoyed writing it and thinking about it mm -hmm. and i had a couple <clears throat> of jokes in there about you have that one uncle who talks too much on revelation or not enough on revelation yep. you know yeah um so uh, it got cut that's okay. <laughs> and then a myriad of other quotes by uh, some other people. Oh, one, one person I, uh, sorry, uh, Barband Covertunes. I did have, did have a James White quote oh, yeah. where it gets into, you know, grace is a divine gift. The love of God is divine. And the fellowship is rich in meaning and creates unity amongst the church Boom. as well. Nice. Uh, so he, he, and that was in his book on the Trinity mm -hmm. uh, that he wrote. So uh, there are a couple of A.W. Pink quotes that were just really great and powerful, but I just didn't have a spot for them before this sermon became like, quote, 
a sentence by me, quote, sentence by me, quote, <laughs> sentence by me. And I didn't want it to become that, yeah. so. It is a bad feeling having a quote, but not knowing where to, where to use it. Yeah, to like, like there's, there's one here. Um, like, whenever you're tempted to doubt the love of God, go back to Calvary. Uh, like, that's so powerful. Like, you know, like. But, but you couldn't find a spot for it. Quote us, interrupt us. Right. Like, it starts with, like, Christ didn't. Uh, uh, Christ died not in order to make God love us, but because he did love his people. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't like Christ died so that God could love us. It's God loved us so Christ died. Nice. Um, you know, and th- there are a couple other quotes where I was just like, eh. You know. <laughs> and th- some of the commentary quotes were like, this is Trinitarian. And, you know, I was like, okay, I already have yeah. that. Which I, I did quote one of them. Uh, it's from one commentary that says the letter concludes without the usual greetings, but with a beautiful benediction. And I yeah. thought like, okay, I'm going to throw that one in there. That'd the, be my one commentary. The beauty of the benediction. Yes. Oh, my, yeah. my one guitar slim picking relates to Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. Mm-hmm. Before Liberty Collingswood was planted, I was at staff meeting once a week at Liberty Riverwards, nay, Liberty East mm-hmm. every Tuesday. And their Wi-Fi password there for... A lot of years before I got there was that they took the first letter of each word in the original Greek (laughs) from Ephesians 1. I forget if it was all the way 3 to 14 or some shorter shorter section of that. I, I think it was I think it was every word because or maybe maybe there's too many words there. But what what it ended up being is it 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 ended up just this random collection of English letters that spelled nothing. Right. And every time I forgot the Wi-Fi password, didn't have somebody around, I'd have to go back to the Greek and <laughs> type in one letter. And and I was eventually the person that said, people, this is stupid. Right. I, it's, it's a great well, passage in the Bible, but and it's like, this is horrible it's like as a Wi-Fi password. It's 40 words long or something like that. It it's, couldn't it's, have been all 40. Maybe, maybe it was just Ephesians... One, three to five, or three to five. Yeah, but, but, but it's, it was, it's a, yeah. it's a, like in the Greek, because I actually read a book that was talking about that passage. Um, and like it's, and it talked about how many words it is in Greek. And it yeah. is freakishly long. Like, yeah. Uncom- like, like Paul, like get a comma, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, can I buy a vowel? Yeah. Can I buy a comma? That's mm-hmm. great. Well, Scott, I think we have come to the end of the line here. Yeah. I'm not sh- – I don't think we'll have a Post Sunday Blues next week when Sean Zook is preaching, and I won't be back in time to interview him. But at least look for the Jim and Emily version in a couple weeks after that. Howlin' Wolves, New Year, New You, right in. Exactly, yes. Tell me about how you felt about my sermon. Yeah. PostSundayBlues at gmail.com. Anything else, Scott? No. How was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post-Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy. Well,